Welcome back. This is episode 98. This is a blog post series entitled The Awareness Color Code, Self-Defense and Mental Health. This even ties into a previous series we did in many ways that episode 50 covered and the associated blog posts, Self-Defense is Not Just Physical. Now, of course, the Awareness Color Code was originally developed by uh, Jeff Cooper, and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit. Colonel Jeff Cooper, I should say. But uh, we adopted it at Urban Tactics, uh, slightly modified, not by much, and for the purpose of explaining to our students the awareness, mental state, your awareness and your mental state when in a conflict and at what stages, as well as how to read where your mind is at at any given point in this oh-so-stressful world we live on. But before I get into it, a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions since 2013. We are, of course, based in Metro Vancouver, Canada. If you want to support this podcast, there are many ways to do it. The free options are, of course, follow us on Instagram, Urban Tactics Krav Maga, and on Facebook, Urban Tactics Krav Maga. And if you really want to torture yourself with that Twitterverse, Urban Tactics KM, uh, everything just kind of gets reposted there. You can, of course, read the original blog posts on utkmblog.com. That is where we do post, post the podcast, but we are now on Anchor as our main uh, hosting series, so that gets us out to a broader audience, but it will be on our blog post as well. That's where you can read our updated blog posts periodically. Not all of them make the cut for the podcast episodes, so you can check them out there, as well as the older episodes of this podcast that have not been uploaded to larger networks. Some of them still need to be uploaded, and some of them we will not be uploading, particularly the older ones. So you can check it out on the blog where they are all posted. You can, of course, go on utkmblog.com forward slash support us and donate to us anything that you want because doing this kind of content takes a lot of time. And if not, that is okay. So following us on social media is a good enough way to support us. And if you want something for a little more, you can go to www.utkmu.com that is where we have our curriculum up for all to see who want to see it. There's a little bit of free uh, content there and some not free content there. But you can learn Krav Maga as we teach it at UTKM. Again, that's UTKMU.com. Just a reminder that we do teach if you're in the Metro Vancouver area and want to get your firearms license, we do teach the Canadian Firearms Safety Course and Canadian Restricted Firearms Safety Course at this time. The best way to support your firearms owning friends who legally own them is to go get your firearms licenses. The more firearms owners that there are, the harder it will be for them to take them away from law-abiding citizens. So you can always get that. We have courses more and more now. So you can click on the PAL course on the blog, but really you should be going to our main local website, urbantacticskm.com, where you can sign up for your free trial classes as well as the PAL course. So if you want to try Krav Maga, you can sign up for our free trial classes. 
on UrbanTacticsCam.com. So I believe that is it for this. You're listening to The Warrior's Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Turning lambs into lions. So, let's talk about Colonel Jeff Cooper, who came up with the original uh, sort of color code. So, John Dean Jeff Cooper, born May 10th, 1920, and died in September 25th, 2006, was a United States Marine and the creator of the modern technique of handgun shooting and is an expert on the use and history of small arms. He's well known in the American uh, pistol community. So a little bit, this is off of Wikipedia. Early life and education. Cooper was born in Los Angeles where he enrolled in Junior Reserves Officers Training Corps at Los Angeles High School. He graduated from Stanford University with a bachelor's degree in political science. He received a regular commission in the United States Marine Corps. In 1941, during World War II, he served in the Pacific Theater with the Marine Detachment abroad, the USSS Pennsylvania. By the end of the war, he had been promoted to major. He resigned his commission in 1949, but returned to active duty for the Korean War, where he claimed to be involved in irregular warfare, meaning some kind of guerrilla warfare and was promoted to lieutenant colonel after the Korean War. The Marine Corps declined his application to remain on active duty. In the mid-1960s, he received a master's degree in history from the University of California, Riverside, from the late 1950s through the early 1970s. He was a part-time high school and community college history teacher. In 1976, the Cooper founded the American Pistol Institute in Paulden, Arizona, later the Gunsight Academy. Cooper began teaching shotgun and rifle classes to both law enforcement and military personnel, as well as civilians, and did on-site training for individuals, groups around the world. He sold the firm in 92, but continued to live in Paladin Ranch. He was known for his advocacy of large-caliber handgun, especially the Colt 1911 and the 45 ACP cartridge. And for those who don't know, there was a lot of debate in law enforcement many years ago between what calibers they should be using, the higher stopping power of the larger rounds, or a uh, you know, more common 9mm pistol for a while, possibly due to Cooper. Many of them switched to larger-caliber rounds. They have subsequently switched back nothing against cooper but it's about learning to shoot rather than stopping power anyways the modern technique of the pistol cooper's modern technique defined pragmatic use of the pistol for personal protection modern technique emphasizes two-handed shooting using the weaver stance it's a offset like a fighting stance competing with and eventually supplanting the once previant one-handed shooting the five elements of the modern technique are a large caliber pistol, preferably semi-automatic, a weaver stance, a draw stroke, a flash sight picture, the compressed surprise trigger break. Now, to be honest, the last three I'm not actually familiar with because the style I do is much more Israeli, which has proven to be quite effective. And then also 
he has a firearms readiness conditions of readiness cooper favored the colt m1911 pistol and its variants there are several conditions of readiness in which such a weapon can be carried cooper promulgated most of the following terms condition four chamber empty no magazine in the gun hammer down safety on condition three chamber empty full magazine in place hammer down safety on condition two all rounded in the chamber full magazine in place hammer down safety on condition one round in the chamber full magazine in place hammer cocked safety on also referred to as cocked and locked condition zero around chambered full magazine in place hammered cocked safety on so that's just a little bit about his uh, pistol uh, background he was a competitive pistol shooter and very well known to this day um, and then he has the combat mindset so let's read what it says about how he uh, drew from his book. He also has a book he wrote about all of this. So, Combat Mindset and the Cooper Color Code. The most important means of surviving a lethal confrontation, according to Cooper, is neither the weapon nor the martial arts skill. The primary tool is the combat mindset set forth in his book, Principles of Personal Defense. The Color Code, as originally induced, introduced by Jeff Cooper, had nothing to do with tactical situations or alertness levels, but rather one's state of mind. As taught by Cooper, it relates to the degree of the peril you are willing to do something about and which allows you to move from one level of mindset to another to enable you to properly handle a given situation. Cooper did not claim to have invented anything in particular with the color code, but he was apparently the first to use it as an indication of mental state. The following is from the Carey Book, Minnesota edition, 2011. White. Unaware and prepared, if attacked and conditioned white, the only thing that may save you is the inadequacy or ineptitude of your attacker. When confronted by something nasty, your reaction will probably be, oh my god, this can't be happening to me. Yellow. Relaxed alert. No specific threat situation. Your mindset is that today could be the day I may have to defend myself. You are simply aware that the world is potentially unfriendly place and that you are prepared to defend yourself if necessary. You use your eyes and ears to realize I may have to shoot today. You don't have to be armed in the state, but if you are armed, you should be in condition yellow. You should always be in yellow whenever you are in unfamiliar surroundings or among people you don't know. You can remain in yellow for long periods, as long as you are able to watch your six, that meaning behind you, in aviation 12 o'clock terms. The six being the blind spot behind you. In yellow, you are taking in surrounding information in a relaxed but alert manner, like a continuous 360 degree radar sweep, as Cooper put it. I might have to shoot. Orange. Specific alert. Something is not quite right. And your attention. You and has your attention. Your radar has picked up a specific alert. You shift your primary focus to determine if there is a threat. But you do not drop your six. Your mindset shifts to I may have to shoot that person today. Focusing on the specific target which has caused the escalation in alert status. In condition orange, you set a mental trigger. If that person does X, I will need to stop them. Your pistol usually remains holstered in the state. Staying in orange can be a bit of the mental strain. 
but you can stay in it for as long as you need to. If the threat proves to be nothing, you can shift back to condition yellow. Red. Condition red is fight. Your mental trigger, established back in condition orange, has been tripped. If X happens, I will shoot that person. X has happened. The fight is on. The U.S. Marine Corps uses condition black, as although it was not part of the original Cooper color code. According to Masada Yub, condition black in Cooper's youth meant combat in progress. Condition black is also used to mean immobilized by panic, which is more uh, how we use it at UTKM, or uh, overwhelmed by fear. In short, the color code helps one think in a fight, as the level of danger increases one's willingness to take certain actions increased. If one does not go to condition red, the decision to use lethal force has already been made. The mental trigger has been tripped. And again, still on Wikipedia, the following are some of Cooper's additional comments on the subject. Considering the principles of personal defense, we have long since come up with the color code. This has met surprising success in debriefings throughout the world. The color code, as we preach it, runs yellow, orange, and red and is a means of setting one's mind into the proper condition when exercising lethal violence, and is not as easy as I had thought at first. The problem in some students insist upon confusing the appropriate color with the amount of danger evident in the situation. As I have long taught, you are not in any color state because of the specific amount of danger you may be in, but rather a mental state which enables you to take a different psychological step. Now, however, the government has gone into this and handing out the color code nationwide based on upon the apparent nature of peril. It has always been difficult to teach the gun sight color code, and now it is more so. We cannot say that the government's ideas about colors are wrong, but that they have a different from what we have taught long taught here. The problem is that your combat mindset is not dictated by the amount of danger to which you are exposed at the time. Your combat mindset is properly dictated by the state of mind you think appropriate to the situation. You may be in da deadly danger at all times regardless of the defense department tells you. The color code which influences you depends upon willingness that you have to jump on psychological barrier against irrevocable action. The decision is less hard to make since the jihadis have already made it. He further simplifies things in 2005. In white, if you are unprepared and unready, take lethal action. If you attack in white, you will probably die unless your adversary is totally inept. In yellow, you bring yourself to understanding that your life may be in danger and that you may have to do something about it. In orange, you have to determine upon a specific adversary and are prepared to take action, which may result in his death, but you are not in lethal mode. In red, you are in lethal mode and will shoot if circumstances are warranted. So I think that's a good place to leave it for that on the Wikipedia on Jeff Cooper's. I could go into the book, but that would take forever. But I do recommend give it a read uh, just to give an idea about his thoughts and uh sort of extensive nature of he expands on this topic thoroughly and again the book is principles of personal defense by jeff cooper and just to give you further idea uh, of what kind of person he was this is a quote 
it's just a, a meme I actually found on the internet. So let's assume it's a him, but either way, it's a good quote. If a violent crime is to be curbed, it is only intend the intended victim who can do it. The felon does not fear the police, and he fears neither the judge nor jury. Therefore, what he must be taught is to fear his victim. Just to give you an idea, and that is totally true because of the predator-prey mentality. Those who think you're prey will target you easier than if they think you are a tough prey, or even worse, a predator yourself. So that is how this works. And uh, just a reminder, obviously he is a big proponent for carrying a pistol for self-defense, which is legal in many states, if not all states, most states in the United States. Where I am recording in Canada, uh, as a general rule, that is not the case. So you cannot purchase a firearm for self-defense in Canada, and that should not be a reason to have it according to the government and the law. However, there are certain circumstances where people can get that for the purpose of animal protection, a carry permit, or usually to do with law enforcement or armed security, though armed security is limited in Canada to uh, armored car, and uh, very rare cases of high-profile VIP, but almost never uh, there is the ability to give a carry for self-defense, but you know, I th Freedom of Information Act indicated they've only given it to one person, and the details of which are a little sketch. So, basically in Canada, you cannot carry a firearm for the purpose of self-defense, except uh, if you get a permit for the purpose of animal self-defense. However, if we go into the court, court uh, documents, there have been people who have used firearms for self-defense, usually to do with home break-ins, and they did not get go to jail. There was a long, lengthy trial. They were found not, not guilty. However, you will find just as many cases where a person was found guilty because in Canada it's still very much believed according to the government at least that the government should have the only right to use of lethal force using firearms even if many Canadians disagree with that because of the politics it is unlikely to change anytime soon mainly to do with certain cities in our country that don't care about the rest of us who believe otherwise but you need to understand that since I am recording in Canada now the color code uh, is something I introduced many uh, years ago into Urban Tactics because people were having a hard time con con conceptualizing sort of where they should be at mentally and physically given a threat. Um, as well as I do have a background in psychology. So, you know, going through the school system, the term that we'd hear often is mindfulness, 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 be aware of your mental state. That's regarding day-to-day -day because often these woo-woo type individuals or professors don't think much about personal self-defense because they do believe it should only be in the government's hand, but that's not the way predator and prey work. So I wanted to, as one of my guests put it, uh, Sebastian Louvois, former ERT squad leader, said, operationalize the color code for the purpose of self-defense to avoid any confusions. So I took the color code and made it so that we can both apply it simultaneously to self-defense scenarios and your situational awareness and also your personal mental health. And I do this by comparing it to your nervous system, as in rather than just what state is your mind at, what state is your nervous system in? 
and we're going to go through the various stages as previously uh, recorded in the blog post and as I, I went through them. But as a general rule, right, for self-defense, what level of is your mental state for the threat? As Jeff Cooper put it, it's not about what is the threat because it's relative. Because if you've been exposed to a lot of violence in your life, your nervous system and mental state might be quite calm compared to someone who's a Karen who is set off by absolutely everything. So you could see someone getting stabbed across the street. That could be a daily occurrence and due to exposure um, to it, you're just like in orange because you're not like freaking out. But a Karen sees that you will be in red or potentially black because it's totally foreign to your world view and how things are. So that's what you need to know. It's, it's not a set in stone nervous system state. It's specific to yours. Now let's say as a basic idea, your nervous system, uh, you have a test you need to take and you get test anxiety. You need to be aware your nervous system and brain is potentially teaching that test like a threat. And then if you're screwing up on the test, you're either in red or black and you're running hot and you can't do that. So you have to realize mindfulness using the, the mental awareness color code I found has been a bit more effective with those who don't like the woo-woo stuff or those who might espouse what they say is toxic masculinity but is not actually. So let's go through the various posts as they were written. The first one is a simply an introduction. The color code stages of mental awareness, situational awareness. And actually this was uh, written prior to the original blog post series, which I'm going to mainly go over, but it gives you a nice overview as I have written it. So give this a listen. The color code. Stages of mental awareness or situational awareness. In 1989, Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Cooper, a former U.S. Marine and creator of the modern technique of gunfighting, wrote Principles of Personal Self-Defense, an easy-to-understand guide to training oneself to avoid dangerous conflict. Cooper had long been famous for teaching his mental awareness color code, a system that employs the colors white, yellow, orange, and red to indicate the levels of awareness a person is experienced. Black was added later by the U.S. Marine Corps after realizing what behaviors extreme psychological stress can cause. The awareness color code is a simplified view of a person's stress and awareness under stressful, potentially dangerous situations. It is important to know, both in Kramaga and in life, at what level you are at in order to avoid reaching code black, a key concept often heard in Kramaga situational awareness. This is usually taught in class as the awareness of physical surroundings. Here you must ask yourself things like, are there multiple attackers? Are there weapons? Do I have a viable escape route? However, a big part of the situational awareness is also being aware of your personal mental state and your ability to act or react appropriately in given situations. Enter the awareness color code, an easy to guide to understanding your mental state at any given time. White, unaware and unprepared. This is you sitting relaxed on the couch after a large meal. Often students like to test an instructor with a surprise attack, even if a black belt is teaching, but as is at white level, any person could easily sucker punch even the most accomplished martial artist. 
This is a relaxed and unassuming state. You are not anticipating an attack and are relaxed in both mental and physical sense. This is a state you should be in only when in a safe environment. Yellow. Relaxed alert. Most animals, such as cats or dogs, spend most of their time in this state. To quote Cooper's book, quote, Observe your cat. It is difficult to surprise him. Why? Naturally, in his superior hearing is part of the answer, but not all of it. He moves well using his senses. He is not preoccupied with irrelevancies. He is not thinking about his job, his image, or his income taxes. He's putting first things first, principally his physical security. Jeff Cooper, 2006, Principles of Personal Self-Defense, Revised Edition, page 14, Paladin Press. In this stage, you are relaxed but still paying attention. It would be harder to surprise a person at this stage, but they are still not experiencing a level of stress, just simple awareness. It must be understood that being at yellow or relaxed alert is not paranoia. If one were to mentally be at orange or higher on the scale on a regular basis, identifying everything as a threat, whether real or imaginary, then you would then be moving into paranoia. Remember, relaxed alert is just that, relaxed. You can stay here indefinitely without any issues, other than being more prepared to perceive, analyze, formulate, and act against identified threats. Orange, specific alert. This is the level of awareness you experience when you have identified a specific area or person of concern and your attention is now focused. A nefarious looking uh, individual moving towards you or perhaps a soldier on patrol assessing windows and doors. While yellow is a stage you can maintain indefinitely, orange requires a mental concentration. Consider working an 8-hour job. Statistically, most work is done before noon as people still have the mental focus to be productive. The same goes for orange. Stay here for too long, and you will begin to read the situation incorrectly. Red. Fight. Either the situation was unavoidable or you misread it, but you are now actively engaged in a fight or a conflict. Imagine a car tachometer. How long can it stay redlined until the engine blows? The same goes for a fight. How long can you maintain this level of intensity, both mentally and physically, this is why for us, as Krav Maga practitioners, Kravists, we try to limit the time spent in red and end it as soon as possible. Black. Catastrophic breakdown or a non-functional freeze. If you hit black, you have experienced a complete catastrophic breakdown, mentally, physically, or both. The longer you spend at, this condi uh, at condition red, the more likely you are to trip into black. A persistent example of this would be shell-shocked or PTSD. However, some people go straight from right, white or yellow to black, and this would be a freeze reaction, which is when your nervous system is overwhelmed and shuts down instead of entering fight or flight. You can avoid this by training properly, so you can tell your brain that in body knows how to react appropriately to violent stress. However, it is impossible to know who will experience this before it happens. Some people are prone to it and some people are not. It is also important to have proper mental decompression if you spend too much time at orange or red. If you experience this or anything like it and have survived a violent confrontation, we advise that you seek professional counseling to ensure that you do not suffer from depression or post-traumatic stress as a result. 
proper professional debriefing and possibly therapy will help both practically and emotionally. See the stages of self-defense for more information. So for that, at the end, well, a further breakdown of the stages as, as we teach them, but uh, this one very much connects into the four stages of self-defense as we teach it. Now, uh, since then, it's we've uh, taken stage two and uh, changed it to de-escalation as it is a more uh, universally used term. But the four stages, avoidance, de-escalation, preemptive, reactive. So just a reminder, avoidance can be avoiding bad situations or it can be realizing there's a threat and running away. So if you... Uh, notice that there is a threat, you would be in actual color code orange. But you could still be in a void because that orange has not noticed you yet. The threat hasn't noticed you yet. You're in color code orange mentally and your nervous system has identified a threat. You're freaking out. You're assessing. You're starting to focus on it. The threat themselves may be an active shooter, maybe a, a robber, maybe whatever. You can still be in avoidance because you're running. <coughs> De-escalation, however, will only be when you're in front of a threat, uh, not a perceived threat, a real threat, and uh, you are either trying to talk your way down or back up while talking yourself down. You will be in orange at that point because you're not engaged in a fight quite yet, though your nervous system could feel like it's in a fight, depending on your personal level. So you may be in red nervous system-wise and mental-wise, though if you're calmer, you should be in orange. Preemptive, uh, in the stages of self-defense, you strike first, right? You strike before they can strike. If you've made the correct assessment of the situation, you will then be in red, physically and mentally. Both physically fighting, you are definitely in red. Your nervous system will be in red. And mentally, you may be in red or should be in red. And of course, reactive, you're starting to go down the scale so you are also uh, going to be in red and potentially black because you did not pay attention and you're, you're not reacting as shiftly and you may be in a freeze situation which is not conducive. So avoidance, you're going to be <coughs> in white, yellow, or orange. De-escalation diffusion, you will be in orange or red, preemptive red, and reactive, you will be red or black depending on what's going on, if you're even reacting at all. So often for new students, it can be hard to connect those two concepts, but it's really important because the um, stages of self-defense or is what decision-making should you be in? Well, as the mental color code, you what mental state and nervous system state are you in? And you need to be aware of both. One, so you know how to physically and practically and tactically react. And the other, to be aware of, am I too up? And do I need to calm down so that I can be optimal? In applying my strategy so these two uh, concepts the uh, stages of self-defense and the mental color code go hand in hand and are a must know as you progress through at least at urban tactics through our ranks but as a general rule are things that you actually really need to know so now let's look at the next one uh, which is the introduction to the actual blog post series that this was about awareness color code nervous system and mental health part one self-defense and mental health so it's just expanding on the connection between the mental color code and also self-defense so give a listen
Awareness Color Code, the Nervous System and Mental Health, Part 1, Self-Defense and Mental Health. The Awareness Color Code is not original to Kramaga, yet it has a simple brilliance to it that we appreciate. It uses colors to quantify the state of your nervous system at a given time so that you can be aware of how you should or should not react or which stage you should be at with regards to the stages of self-defense. This, in many ways, is an attempt to take conscious control over the primal nervous system's response that was developed over millennia for our survival, the fight-or-flight mechanism. The code was developed for self-defense in general and adopted by many militaries, as well as UTKM, as a teaching method to help you understand what is going in on your head and body, allowing you to regain control over some of these automated systems that sometimes help but often hinder. The system defines five states coded as white, yellow, orange, red, and black, which are meant to represent not just what's going on externally, e.g. red is fight, but also what level of alertness or excitement your nervous system should be in. For example, white is unaware. Much like the Benny Gesserit in Frank Herbert's Dune series, who have near-complete control over their mind, bodies, and nervous systems through conscious thought, this system, though not as effective as their training, can help bring you back to the present, the now, so that you can regain control of any given situation to reach a more optimal result. To many, this may not seem like an important aspect of self-defense, but it truly is. To those who still think self-defense, whether Kramaga or otherwise, is only kicking, punching, and working on the physical, sorry, but you are only looking at one part of the puzzle. Kramaga and self-defense systems are not traditional martial arts, as there is no focus on culture, tradition, or spirituality. Though eschewing the traditional elements has resulted in proficient systems, it often creates gaps or holes that are unaddressed among its practitioners especially surrounding mental peace and stability. In the case of Kramaga in particular, many practitioners tend to be more aggressive or have unresolved mental health issues as a result of their chosen professions, or sometimes from an experience that led them to start training Kramaga, often physical or sexual assault situations. The reality is that many people who experience conflict in their life may be doing so because of the environment certain past choices, or because other people and experiences created conflict that resulted in traumatic experience of some kind. Regardless of the why, we often forget we are in many ways biological computers that can rebuild and change in real time, and that the literal structure of our brain can have real effects on how we process information or react to it. This is why at UTCAM I push the idea, though at this point it may simply be the truth, that, in our increasingly complicated world, self-defense is not just physical, but touches on several aspects of modern life, mental, spiritual, and of course financial, to name a few. This means that the simple but brilliant awareness color code system can be applied to your mental state during the literal physical conflict and also applied to your general mental state at any given time. Kramaga is famous for playing with a stressed-out nervous system, in that if we put you under mental and physical duress, activating the sympathetic nervous system response, and then teach you the techniques and train you, your body will get used to functioning in this state. 
This is great for dealing with a violent conflict, but not so great for day-to-day use, as we don't want to be walking around with a stressed-out system operating in sympathetically dominated state all the time, as this ultimately leads to mental health issues. When this type of training is applied correctly and with enough time spent, though akin to a more violent form of exposure therapy, it can actually help create parasympathetic parasympathetic dominant system in which you have more conscious control and can put yourself in the correct or necessary state at any point, which in turn is much more better for your overall mental health. This, however, can make learning Kramaga challenging or overwhelming for those who already have a system that tends to hang out in a sympathetic state, aka anxiety or other issues most of the time. The goal of good self-defense is to bring inner peace to your system through enough iterations that you can act aggressively but have complete control by staying in the moment. This practice, often called mindfulness, is simply a matter of bringing your conscious or unconscious to the here and the now so that making a decision to respond rather than simply reacting as per your nervous system's hardwired protocols. From a practical self-defense perspective, this also means training your body enough so that you don't have to focus on the techniques or literally physical actions, allowing your mind to focus on awareness and quick decisions, making mindfulness, unfortunately, like many new ideas, is often diluted by woo-woo, peddling con artists, or by people who really do not know what they are doing when attempting to bring the physical and mental together within the tangled reality that we call the human experience. When it comes to physical self-defense, An example could be that if we let our nervous systems go into the sympathetic system or auto mode when responding to a threat, simply reacting without choice or thought, we may actually be making the situation worse. Our uncontrolled reaction may escalate the situation. We could be overly aggressive and poorly targeted, or otherwise create an outcome that was not desirable. Even in purely social situations, reacting in a way that others may find distasteful could create the wrong impression or burn important social bridges. Really, in any situation in which our nervous system has perceived a threat where one does not really exist and our minds runs from red, a fight, from our nervous system's perspective, we may simply overheat and cause our own mental breakdown. The thing is, it doesn't matter whether a threat is real or perceived. Our nervous system bodies and subconscious really don't know the difference, and it's only through conscious training and acknowledgement of your given state that you can calm your nervous system down to have better control, which in turn will create more desirable outcomes, no matter the situation. This series of posts is going to run through each of the color codes using stories and scenarios to offer perspective on each stage from both physical self-defense and mental self-defense situations. I am by no means an expert on this topic, but it is clear that as we learn more and more what it means to be human from a biological perspective, we can now start to really understand our integral struggle and come out better for it. By applying the Krav Maga and general life principle of keeping it simple, using this color code for both literal self-defense and general mental health self-defense, it should simply simplify your worlds by keeping everything connected rather than constantly applying multiple modes or strategies in a complex web of solutions that can be hard to connect or use in the moment. If one solution can solve multiple problems, and it is simple, 
Perhaps it is the best and does not need to be reinvented. Additionally, I hope to help bridge the gap in your understanding that your physical health and mental health are connected in a way that we are only now beginning to understand, and, despite any resistance you might have now, that if you want to be a better version of yourself, it's only a matter of learning, growing, and making it inevitable. If this series resonates with you in any way that the woo-woo has not, then I will consider this a win. We will simply take the existing mental awareness color code and add perspectives to the reality that self-defense is not just physical and living a happy, healthy life requires work on all aspects, physical, mental, and even spiritual, whatever that may be for you. So ask, as you work your way through this series, I hope it can help you to learn to walk in peace. Written by Jonathan Fader. So one of the things that I talked about in that was the Bene Gesserit of Frank Herbert's Dune, which I love. And they have a test that they do. And if you watch the movies or read the books with uh, Paul Atreides, eventually Moadib, spoiler alert, um, they put a test where they have him put the hand in a box. You can't see inside the box, or you can, depending on the version of the movie. And it creates immense, immense, immense pain, so much so that you want to retract your hand. Now, here's the trick. They will put a poison dart on your neck, the the reverend mother there and they say if you attract your hand we'll kill you so the idea is that consciously you know there your hand is fine but you are feeling like your hand is being crushed smashed whatever the pain extreme pain sensory and you must control your nervous system so you don't have the animalistic uh response of ripping your hand out and that is how the Bene Gesserit uh, believe that uh, animals simply react. You're not human until you prove human by being able to control your emotions and for them their body systems, which uh, at this point most of us cannot do unless you're uh, Wim Hof or someone like that. So these very much connect to mindfulness from the psychological, right? If you're finding someone, if you're someone who has extreme anxiety or extreme uh, mood swings or anything like that, you need to be aware of your mental state so that you can calm yourself down. Uh, I had, uh, in one of the previous podcast episodes when Nate was discussing the color code and how it helped him if he's having a bad or stressful day, you know, he's washing the dishes and he realized he's in red. He just really pissed off. And by realizing the state that you're in, you can actually calm yourself down. Because you don't want to be in a state that's red perceptually, right? So you can be in a state that's perceptually red, so your nervous system will, doesn't actually know the difference. But I'll expand on that a little bit later on. But you really need to be aware that there doesn't, in the human mind, there doesn't actually need to be a literal threat. If you perceive to be a threat, your body is going to react the same. And this is where we get a lot of mental health issues. Now, Obviously, for many people, there's some physiological things, as in how is your brain actually designed? How are the neurotransmitters working? And in which case, you may need some external help in the form of um, prescribed medication or for those who do uh, other things, uh, self-medicate with other means. Do so very carefully. Don't just do be silly about that kind of stuff. 
you need to be aware if there is a physiological component that simply being mindfulness it is not enough it's very woo woo when they say that a lot of people who have trauma for example cannot really meditate because it they can't calm down enough or they don't want to be in the repeating the bad bad traumas in their head so it can be very challenging so that's why i say very woo woo when people are just like mindfulness and meditation nothing against meditation but it's how you present it and teach it to people to be uh productive at all so now you have a better idea of how i approach this you should because i've gone over it for you know 40 minutes or so now let's move in into discussing white here is the first on the series on white Awareness Color Code, the Nervous System and Mental Health, Part 2, White, Totally Relaxed, Bad for Self-Defense, Good for Mental Health. In the continuation of the intro of this series, Awareness Color Code, the Nervous System and Mental Health, I will be discussing the first stage of the Awareness Color Code, White, from both a practical self-defense perspective, but also a nervous system and mental health perspective. See Part 1 here. White is when your mind and nervous system are totally calm. You are relaxed and feel safe. You are in a state of total nirvana and loving life. Great, isn't it? Well, it can be. There are a lot of times when you want to be in white, and lots of times when you do not. When it comes to self-defense specifically, the only time you want to be in a mental state of white is when you are somewhere you are completely safe alone in a secure place, or surrounded by people who you trust and who you do not expect any drama or threats from. For many, this is home with the family. For some, it's at a friend house. It really depends on your life circumstances. A good test to see if where you are feeling safe, both consciously and subconsciously, is to go to sleep. Speaking for myself, if I am at home, I can pass out without a care in the world. However, if I am somewhere new, or somewhere I don't feel 100% safe, like a backpack camping out in the middle of nowhere, my sleep is not continuous and rested, as I will wake up from every little thing. Jeff Cooper, the creator of the system, notes the example that white can be witnessed in sleepy cats. Normally, cats are only partially asleep, as can be indicated by the movement of their ears when you walk by, yellow. They are paying attention even when asleep except when they are not. If you have ever startled a cat when they were truly asleep and in white, they wake up with such abruptness and panic to overcompensate for the fact they weren't ready at all. This can be quite comical, but I am sure very jarring for some of the world's best predators to be caught with their boots off. This occurs because when you or a cat do not feel 100% safe, your nervous system is kicking in primal survival mechanisms, for if you are totally in white, your reactions will be slow if any danger were to strike. The thing is, with white, no matter how much you train, no matter how much you know, even Bruce Lee would be quickly overwhelmed by a surprise attack if his system was in white. That is because your body is basically saying, I feel safe and relaxed. I don't need to spring to action, so I am going to rest so that I do not have to burn out or run hot while wasting precious energy. A very famous example of someone who died because they were too relaxed was the escape artist Harry Houdini, who was killed by a series of blows to the stomach. 
Now this may seem strange, but Houdini was proud of his abdominal strength and often challenged people to punch him. However, one time it would be his last. An individual punched him several times hard before he had the time to prepare his muscles, which resulted in Houdini's untimely demise. He must have been totally relaxed while talking to this individual, and though he was talking about his ability to take punches, his nervous system and muscles were clearly caught off guard and unable to properly defend against the blows. A more modern example of white, from a self-defense perspective, is those people you see walking down the street with their faces in their phones and earbuds in their ears. From a tactical and awareness perspective, you are completely unaware of your surroundings. While this may not be true, a true white, it can still be considered as such since they are oblivious and will be completely caught off guard by any would-be attacker. The weird thing about this scenario is that even if in tactical awareness perspective you are in white, your mind and nervous system may actually not be in white. You see, social media can be extremely arousing for your nervous system, and although you are totally oblivious and not present in your current space, that troll you hate on Facebook may be trash-talking you again, causing you to be enraged. Now, not only are you tactically in white, but your nervous system is overwhelmed with a perceived digital threat that really isn't a threat. And now, you can be completely caught off guard if someone were to attack you in the real world. This brings us to the mental health aspect of white. Unfortunately for some people, due to chronic stress, an angry household, or a traumatic event, their nervous systems can never calm down enough to be in white due to real or perceived chronic threats. If this continues long enough, the nervous system's new normal will probably be somewhere between yellow and orange, or worse. Prolonged durations in these enhanced states, with no rest time, in white, can lead to various mental, mental difficulties ranging from anxiety to, and depression to the inability to focus and general stress accumulation, among a host of other things. In turn, this can then permanently alter the physical state of your brain, changing your biochemistry, making it even harder to learn to go to white and be relaxed. Things like mindfulness practices, meditation, etc. are tools to help individuals learn to calm their mind. While this may work for many in the middle of the bell curve, from a stress or nervous system perspective, for many, like myself, who have treatment-resistant issues, it may require a more targeted approach from the biochemical perspective that is changing the literal biochemistry of your brain so that it can understand calm and allow you to learn coping skills or to actually restructure it permanently. Traditional SSRIs or similar pharmaceuticals are used, but as we advanced our understanding of medicine and explore options, more places like Johns Hopkins University are branching out into other substances that may, probably do, help in a more meaningful manner. Unfortunately, it usually takes decades for change to happen in the medical community, which means if you're an individual who never experiences white, relaxed, you may need to be your own mental health advocate and start doing the work now. Do so with the consultation of medical professionals, but know that their knowledge or advice is often limited by complicated legal structures. The reality is, even though white is not optimal for self-defense, in order to be optimal, the most optimal version of yourself, you must learn to be in white sometimes. If you do not have a home in which you feel safe, it is very likely time to make some serious life changes, whatever form that may take. 
If you are able to sort it out on your own, awesome. But many of you may need help from a mental health professional to work through this process. So, mental color code white, bad for self-defense and situational awareness, but good to be an optimally functionally human. It is important to have places where you can experience white both consciously and subconsciously at the primal nervous system level. Don't demand others create safe spaces for you as this is bullying, driven by your own mental health issues. Rather, you must create a life and an environment around you that fosters a healthier mental state, whatever that may be for you. I hope this has helped you understand this color code for self-defense but also for mental health. As indicated in the first of the series, is it important to bridge any knowledge you have so that you can apply it to all areas of your life? The mental color code, though it was created for combat situations, is an elegant, as elegant in that it can also apply to your mental health. So learn to be in white when you can for your mental health. But know that if you're out and about in an unfamiliar or chaotic place, or otherwise unsure of your safety, then this is not where you want to be for self-defense. That's where the next color comes in, yellow, but that's for the next post. Written by Jonathan Fader. For training online, visit www.utkmu.com. If you're in Metro Vancouver area, come learn with us in person. Sign up at www.urbantacticskm.com. Support this blog by clicking on the Support Us link in the tab or in this post. Okay, so now you have an idea of white. It gave some examples. Uh, white is a good time to be when you're at home. If your home environment is not usually white, then that's something you need to consider. There could be many reasons for that. Obviously, bad, bad situations, abusive family members, spouses. That means your home will not be white. And you need to have a place where you can be white. I dare say the safe space, I despise that term as a general rule, but a place where you can comfortably be at white so that you can operate and relax and you can uh, recharge, if you will, like a battery. Now, I love the photos that my editor used for this series, various forms of lions, which is appropriate given our motto. And in the photo he used, the lion is just sort of lying there dopely. Now, of course, if you're in a bad neighborhood, that's another reason why you might not be in white. For example, where I used to live, we were always in white, but we lived next to a police station, next to a halfway house, right next to a bus stop. There was often crackheads outside screaming or arguing. The bus, people getting on and off at various times in the night, sirens, etc. is very loud. Eventually, I tuned it out and... I could sleep no problem, though I suspect it did have some effects on my sleep. Where I live now is quite quiet and much more akin to where I used to live when I was younger. And it's easier to relax and sleep. So if you're someone who is uh, high strung, maybe a PTSD, maybe of anxiety, that quiet is necessary for you to maintain constant white. Because if you're easily agitated to stimulus, you're anxious. Say living in a place like that would cause you to increase your stress uh, uh, neurotransmitters, the various types, and you would have a hard-pressed time being in white, which then will affect your later abilities uh, to function because you're running hotter than you should, right? Uh, Examples, 
you can't run a car at high red line all the time. It'll blow out, right? Any mechanical uh, thing, if you run too hard without lubrication, without rest, without maintenance, it will break down. So you need to be aware that humans are just biological machines, and the same applies. So you need to also be conscious that you are, uh, are you even able in, in being in white? Because for some people, it's very difficult. And if you're not capable of being in white mentally, then you need to learn the tools to do that. Now, from a self-defense perspective, you shouldn't be in white because if you're in anywhere unfamiliar, as Jeff Cooper pointed out, so even walking down the street, new places, if you're not sure about who's around you, if it's not a place that you consider safe and where you can relax, then you need to be in yellow because white means slower reaction time. So the example given was Houdini. But even Bruce Lee, uh, if he's not paying attention, then you're likely to catch them off guard. Or often, sometimes when I'm teaching, right, I'm teaching a technique and I'm expecting the student to react a certain way and I'm half paying attention to the person in front of me, half paying attention to my class in front of me. And... If it's a student who's not familiar or not really sure what I'm asking them to do for demonstration purposes, sometimes they do something completely off. And if I am actually in white, they'll, they'll, they'll hit me or kick me or whatever. It is because they're not sure what to do and they panic and they go. And because I'm in a relaxed state because I'm teaching and it's a comfortable place for me, uh, they hit me. It's irrelevant to your skill. Of course, if my nervous system is a little up and I'm in yellow, I'll react appropriately. So just be aware, from a mental state, you need to have periods of white throughout the day or if only for one period of the day or if you're going hard for a week or two in whatever, you need to take some time off to relax. There are some people who don't need to. They're very rare. They can run hot all day, 18-hour day, work days, no problem. Excuse me. You'll know if you are one of those people or not. And from a self-defense perspective, you shouldn't be in white unless you're in a place that you can consider safe and a place that you can really act. Uh, you can relax. Sorry. So here is the next one. Moving into awareness color code yellow. Awareness color code: the nervous system and mental health. Part three: yellow, relaxed, alert. A great place to be overall. In the continuation of the series Awareness Color Code, the Nervous System and Mental Health, I will be discussing the second stage of the Awareness Color Code. Yellow from both a practical self-defense perspective, but also a nervous system and mental health perspective. See parts 1 and 2. Yellow is relaxed alert, meaning your nervous system isn't doing anything in particular but you are consciously aware of your surroundings, acknowledging people or things. This is often what they mean when they say someone is present in the moment. Your mind is not stressed out about the past or future. You are relaxed in the here and now, but you are still in a comfort level of situational awareness. When it comes down to self-defense, and when you are out and about, this is the stage you want to be in. At a restaurant? You want to be in yellow, enjoying your food and your company, but always paying attention to your surroundings. You can also complement this with smart strategies, such as always positioning yourself where you can see the doors and windows, 
It's not paranoia. It's simply mental code yellow. Taking a walk, focus on your breathing, the beautiful sun, the sound of the raindrops, but acknowledge anyone who is walking towards you or even gets too close and make decisions according to what they are doing. You can complement this strategy-wise by never having both earbuds in, as sound is one of your most important senses and you want to be able to hear footsteps if someone was to sneak up behind you. In keeping with the cat or person sleeping analogy, the cat whose ears track you while sleeping is totally calm and relaxed, but aware of your presence. Get too close or make an odd sound, they may open an eye to assess and then go back to a resting state. Or for the person who is asleep, but in yellow, let's say taking a nap in the park, something I don't usually do unless I am with someone, you may be completely relaxed, basking in the sun's rays, but an odd sound or movement close to you causes you to take a peek at your surroundings. Again, it's not paranoia, just relaxed alert, as at no point should your sympathetic nervous system kick in and cause your heart rate to change significantly. In this state, you feel relatively safe, say 90%, but you remain consciously aware that anything could happen to you and you need to keep your wits about you to appropriately assess and react to any significant that may occur. This means you are never zoned out in white or worse black, as you can see and hear that which is around you. A good example is when walking and you need to cross the street. This is otherwise a normal occurrence for most, and although in some places crossing the street can be hectic by looking both ways and paying attention to the cars, even at marked crossworks, you are well prepared to move or jump if you need to because of an out-of-control driver or a cyclist. Now, of course, this experience can be relative. For example, if you are in from Vancouver where most people use the crosswalks and drivers stop for them, then the idea of jaywalking in a busy street might jack your nervous system and mental state to orange or red. In Israel, like many countries, jaywalking is common and to the locals it's a normal behavior where they maintain yellow throughout the entire process. But I, myself, found it quite nerve-wracking. It actually took me a long time to get used to the frequent sight and necessity of this nervous system needed to be aware that this behavior was normal and expected, and thus less likely to cause issues, though still dangerous. A new baseline was set, and I became more comfortable with it, thus keeping me in relaxed alert whenever I did it myself. Of course, when I am back in Canada, I had to retrain myself the other way, which was fortunately much easier. From a mental health perspective, yellow is also a great place to be. Let's call this being in the active act of mindfulness. You are relatively calm on the inside, but still aware of what's happening on the outside and paying attention to the details around you, at least to the level that you need in order to feel and stay safe. If you are one of those individuals who struggles to attain white mentally, then yellow is the baseline you should be aiming for. That is because you can easily stay in yellow indefinitely with no real consequences to your nervous system. You are paying enough attention to see danger coming, but not so preoccupied as to keep your nervous system locked in a sympathetic state, which could lead to burnout, something I will expand on in the next color orange. This is particularly useful if you have a job in security, law enforcement, or the military, where your nervous system may periodically be exposed to high stress orange and red, 
but very rarely can you safely be in white, as this could be disastrous for you, your partners, or civilians. Yellow allows you to stay calm and make smarter decisions leading up to any encounters, as well as help bring your nervous system to a calmer state in between high-action situations, as your senses will be in a mode capable of wider, bigger picture, observation, and thoughts, which in turn leads to better decision-making. The ability to calm your mind and nervous system down to yellow is a must for any high-stress occupation. For the average person's mental health, learning to be in yellow helps you critically think in the day-to-day -day decisions while being aware of not just external stressors, but internal ones as well, which helps you avoid any situation that may arise to jack up you into orange or red. The more you can work with yellow, the more self-aware you will be and the easier it will be to sense that anxiety creeping up on you. This means you can simply take a break to breathe or to stretch in order to keep things calm and alert and prevent them from spiraling into threat mode, letting the sympathetic nervous system hijack your day. Yellow is the best place to be in most of the time, whether out and about, at work, or with family. Calm and collected on the inside, but with enough self and situational awareness to manage and decide what to do should any threat, real or perceived, head your way. So keep calm and stay yellow. Written by Jonathan Fader. For training online, visit www.utkmu.com. If you're in the Metro Vancouver area, come learn with us in person. Sign up at www.urbantacticskm.com. Click on support this blog to support the blog and podcast. So that's a little more on color code yellow. Yellow is where very much the concept of situational awareness comes in for Krav Maga. You should be aware of your surroundings. You should be aware of, hey, there's people over there. You know, your setting, your exits. What's the environment I am in? Because if it's not an average sort of environment, uh, you might need to be on higher alert closer to orange. So, for example, if you went into a neighborhood with high crime rate, then being at the higher end of yellow, you need to be really paying attention. But in the day-to-day -day perspective, it's you're still relaxed. You're just like, hey, I pressed the button for the crosswalk. Look left and right. Make sure there's no cars coming that are going to hit me. Did they actually slow down? You know, when people are operating in the normal parameters of societal behavior, wherever you are, then... And whatever the, those normal parameters are, you'll be in yellow. It's when people start doing other things. Uh, you know, at you know, as I mentioned in there, if you're at a restaurant enjoying your food, you need to pay attention. Also, again, what neighborhood are you in? Where you're at? Is there likely to be a robbery, or is there not? Am I in a Seven Eleven? Right, just paying attention to the place around you. <coughs> uh, for example, uh, or you know, when I was in guard duty as a soldier in Israel. You are, depending on what environment you're in, you're either going to be in yellow or you're not going to be in yellow, right? If you're East Jerusalem, you need to be on high alert, uh, like high, closer to orange sometimes because it's just nonstop. But if you're in a, a guard post in the middle of a field or on a hill or something and you can see clearly around you and you have, there's a monitor and radio, then, you know, you can be in pretty relaxed alert. You're just paying attention to what's around you in the environment. And uh, you're not freaking out too much. And then, of course, if you identify something, you will see that. Now, from a mental health perspective, 
right? You, it's a healthy place to be, right? This this one is pretty neutral as far as self-defense perspective or mental health because it's just you're paying attention to the world around you, right? So if you're a sort of absent-minded person who's klutzy or, or whatever, it could be either you're just not aware of your surroundings or you're just awkward in your body, right? Awkward in your body, you can fix a lot easier. It just takes practice, build muscles, use your body, you will build your body, work out, eat healthy, and your body will be more responsive. You know, if you have other other issues, often, again, PTSD, people who are high stress, anxious, have trouble, their nervous system is running too hot, and so it's burning out, so they're more likely to trip, they're more likely to make an error, so it's harder for them to stay in yellow. They may actually be in orange, thinking that there's threats all the time, internally and mentally. So, <coughs> Uh, yellow is where you want to be as a general rule outside of your quote safe space or your home and again not everyone has a safe home so that is something to consider but yellow is pretty neutral whether i'm just out and about or whether i'm doing day-to-day stuff right if you're cooking maybe being a little bit yellow so you don't cut your finger off and you can stay in yellow all day every day except even when you're sleeping as the as the uh Example was given the cat. You'll know if a cat is really passed out because they'll flip out when you make and startle them. But if they're not quite sleeping, you know, you see their ears will twitch to you or their eye will slightly open and they'll look at you and they're still quite relaxed. So I like the analogy of the cat. Of course, if that cat jumps up, freaks out, they go right to orange or red. So let's go to orange first and have a listen to this post. Awareness Color Code, the Nervous System and Mental Health, Part 4. Orange, Identified Threat, or Paranoia. In the continuation of the series, Awareness Color Code, the Nervous System and Mental Health, I'll be discussing the third stage of the Awareness Color Code, Orange, from both a practical self-defense perspective, but also a nervous system and mental health perspective. See Part 1, 2, and 3. Orange is the state when you have identified a threat, whether it's right in front of you, across the street, or an incoming at a distance. This is when your nervous system will likely start to activate. Your heart will rise, your pupils will dilate, you will more acutely pay attention to the given threat. Whether it be a knife-wielding maniac or a car about to hit you, your brain will be activating its primal survival skills and decide if it needs to fight or flight. This is also the point in self-defense strategy at which you begin to use the four stages of self-defense. Avoid, run, de-escalate, talk down, preemptive, strike first, and reactive, react to the attack. From a basic perspective, depending on your nervous system and behavioral patterns, along with experience and the specifics of the scenario, your body is ready to run or fight, period. The mechanism is hardwired into us to help us make the correct decision for better survival. When it comes to physical self-defense, avoidance is the best strategy for most people, whether that means to actually start running or just be actively and intently focused on the potential threat itself. Additionally, unless your superpower is luck, you should be letting your nervous system ramp up, because if the threat gets too close and you can't run, it's time to fight and you want the faster reflexes. Hopefully, these were honed through the training beforehand. 
At this point, it is both reasonable and rational not to feel very safe because you know there is an actual threat now. To what degree you feel safe or unsafe will vary from person to person, regardless of experience or training presented with a significant enough threat, your heart will be racing and you will most likely will be operating without all information. So it is normal to feel anxiety or fear. Anyone who says otherwise is either lying or has something wrong with their nervous system. Let's pick the example of the knife-wielding individual. Someone walking down the other side of the street waving a knife. Your nervous system is now kicking in its sympathetic mechanism and you have to make a decision. Assuming you are untrained civilian seeing this, it is probably the best idea that you either walk or run to the other way while still paying attention. You call the police once you reach safety. The decision is fairly straightforward. Even with some training, knives are tough to deal with especially without a firearm at hand. However, what if they are right behind you and you notice the knife with a quick glance? Well, you should probably just book it anyway and hope they don't chase you. But what if you can't run? Well, that's for the next color code red. Now let's take the same example but change you into a uniformed police officer. Now the scenario is different because it is your job to engage the threatening person. You now should not be running unless completely overwhelmed and you have multiple tools and hypothetically proper training usually not at your disposal to deal with the situation you must still attempt de-escalation first but barring that you will need to jump to red either using unarmed methods not advised without significant skill and training or you must employ your tools tasers batons or a firearm to stop the threat before an innocent person is harmed all this is done while shifting between orange and red. While your heart is probably pounding hard, playing some bongo-like death metal on your nervous system, all while trying to stay calm enough to make the right decision. Tough and complicated. This is, of course, all assuming your nervous system isn't completely overwhelmed and jumps straight to color code black. Either way, when there is a literal threat, a decision needs to be made fast and this is the time when you may be regretting the decision not to keep yourself healthy so that you can run or getting the proper training in say Krav Maga that would have helped you prepare your nervous system for just such a situation. Now let's talk about mental health and orange. Again, if there is a literal threat such as someone uttering threats or brandishing weapons or someone who has already been violent to you or something else then orange is a fine place to be. However, if you think everyone is a threat, or everything said is a threat, or words are violence, with no regard for content, then you may in fact be suffering from mental health issues, as your conscious thoughts and nervous system are always set off, therefore perceiving everything as a threat. The thing is, your biochemistry and nervous system will react the same and start a fight-or-flight process regardless of whether a threat is perceived or real. This could be you suffering from paranoia, anxiety, intrusive thoughts, depression, or even schizophrenia. Throw in the daily overstimulation of our nervous systems due to Facebook, smartphones, and instant access to information, our nervous systems can be quickly overwhelmed, and if you are always in orange. Barring being a Bene Gesserit and having near-complete control of yourself from conscious to subconscious to the molecular levels of your body, this can be overwhelming. This is actually where things like cognitive behavioral therapy come in, 
as they can help train the conscious mind to learn to recognize behaviors that only enhance anxiety or perceived threats. In general, such therapies, which are non-intrusive but require hard work on the part of the patient, actually have a fairly high percentage of positive results when compared to other therapies. This is because, much like Krav Maga, it is about training, but instead of physical, it's mental thought training. It becomes mind over matter and mind over self. Think the Matrix, there is no spoon. Or a Jedi who can defy things like gravity with the mind and the force, of course. Your perceived reality often manifests itself in the form of mental health issues. Just remember that just because you think everything is a threat, the fact that someone or something put you in orange doesn't make it truly a threat. The brain doesn't know the difference, but you can be more. Be human and overcome these primal responses to things our bodies were not originally designed for. The bully on the internet isn't actually a threat, barring full-on doxing, if you simply ignore them. Of course, if it spills into the real world, then it needs to be addressed properly with help. So, if you learn to not let them bother you, it literally doesn't affect you unless you let it. Remember, perceived threats are not real threats, but can initiate the same processes and elicit the same responses as if a real physical threat was imminent. It also doesn't help that hack therapist bad psychological ideas and crappy education is only increasing anxiety due to the lack of coping skills combined with our overly stimulated environment. It's no shock that more and more people walk around in orange. Your body is a system, mind, body, and spirit. If you understand how your body and nervous system works and connects to your brain, you can train yourself to take back control. When it comes back to literal self-defense, taking back control means identifying the threat and making the correct decision to optimize your safety and chances of survival. When it comes to the mental health, it's just about taking control so that you can live a happier, healthy lifestyle with a better decision-making that allows you to control when you are in various states and not letting it control you. Of course, when things do get out of hand and require a fight, real or perceived, that's when we move to red, which is next week's topic. As you wait in anticipation of the fight-oriented post, consider the following. Has your nervous system elevated to orange or are you comfortably sitting in yellow? As you know, it's only a week away. Written by Jonathan Fader. If you would like to learn online, go to www.utkmu.com. If you are in Metro Vancouver and would like to train with us in person, www.urbantacticskm.com. Click on the Support Us link to support this blog or podcast. I hope that gave you a little bit more clarity, right? We discussed the uh, four stages of self-defense again because you're definitely going to be applying them if you're in orange and there's a physical threat natural self-defense situation uh kicking in um but mental is where it gets interesting because let's say you're an anxious person your anxiety or you're scared of everything <coughs> or you're a karen whatever um this is where your nervous system may be hanging out more than often and i i talked about cognitive behavioral therapy in the post as one form of therapy that can help people to calm down of course, there is a John Hopkins University study on the use of psychedelics, particularly uh, MDMA for PTSD and psilocybin for uh, depression, etc. 
And my understanding about that is it decouples the emotions from the trauma so that you can actually have a discussion about it and, and sort of allowing your prefrontal cortex, the more modern part of the human brain, the rational part, to, to think things through and calm down. So if you have any kind of psychological issues where you're just running hot, you're anxious, you're nervous all the time, what often people do is they want to control the environment around them, which includes other people, because they can't handle the feelings that they're having inside. Karen's a good example. And that's not appropriate way to have a healthy society or a healthy living. It means that your nervous system has perceived threats everywhere, and it's attempting to control it to feel safe. But the reality is you have to be aware that if I'm running hot and thinking there's threats everywhere, or I perceive threats everywhere, not only is it going to be exhausting for the people around you, but it's also going to be damaging for society if you're demanding other people act in a way that you want so that you feel better. But more importantly, it's going to have a negative effect on you mentally because you can't run hot all the time, right? If I drive a car without even redlining on a hot day, uh, older cars more than newer cars, and I'm just driving fast, gets hot and it, it will overheat <clears throat> or if you have an all-wheel drive vehicle like i have a truck you're not supposed to put all-wheel drive on in my truck at least um and go on the highway and go like 100 it'll overheat it just can't go that hot for too long it's supposed to be slow right so in the in the self-defense perspective i've perceived a threat i'm going through my four stages of self-defense using whatever techniques strategies i need to it's meant to be short right alert higher alert paying attention your body is reacting it's all its nervous system reactions fight or flight mechanisms are kicking in and you need better acuity but you can't run like that all the time because you'll get what's called burnout and you need to manage that not everything is a threat just because you think it's a threat it either is a threat or it's not a threat and perceiving something as a threat that's not have the per has the person threaten you is that policy about to get you killed? Is, you know, uh, a policy of a government going to incite violence against you, right? Those are threats. Uh, someone saying, I'm going to hurt you. If you don't do what I say, I'm going to do this. Give me money. They present a weapon. These are threats. Them disagreeing with you, not a threat. Unless they're actually threatening you. And you're seeing this with the internet. You see something you don't like, you get all pissed off. You're going into orange because your nervous system thinks there's a threat. A threat to ego is not a threat. And this is where you really need to be mindful and be aware that your mind easily goes into orange if it perceives a threat. So even though there's no actual threat there, your mind does. And this connects back to what Jeff Cooper originally sort of talked about, which was it's not about what the actual threat danger is. It's about what your mind is doing. One way, if you're easily anxious, perhaps you're an introvert where your nervous system is easily excitable, is to do exposure therapy. Essentially, that's what Kramaga is, by the way. We're training your nervous system to get used to high stress and controlled violence so that you can not be as overwhelmed if you're ever presented. Because imagine you live in the suburbs, you had a happy life, no violence anywhere, everything going accordingly, and then one day you're exposed to violence. You may even be naive about it because you don't have a mental mind framework for it. 
But if you train and you train and you train, you can overcome that because now your nervous system is aware through exposure, through Krav Maga, that you can in fact manage it. It's not going to get overwhelmed. And this is a big, big, big part of the mental health aspect of the awareness color code, at least the way I teach it, is it's not just about, I have identified a threat. There is a perceived threat, and I'm running hot. Test anxiety, for example, or preparing for a test would be orange. There's a threat, there's a threat, what if I fail? But if you frame it differently in your mind, it's okay to fail. You won't get test anxiety. Uh... Hilariously enough, I think when I was younger, I didn't give a shit. I didn't have test anxiety because I'm like, you either know it or you don't. But uh, as I've been running a little hot, hotter as an adult, uh, I'm a little more anxious for tests. But I still come in with the beliefs that you either know it or you don't, and you're just going to do it. And if you if you treat the failure as catastrophic, then you will go not just orange but red in prep for the test, but more, but also during the test and you don't want to do that so something to consider when you're walking around day to day are there actual threats or does your mind just think there are threats if there are actual threats then you should be in orange and you need to start formulating a strategy and the fourth stage is a self-defense kick in if there is no actual threat you need to start asking why do i always feel like that is it related to a past event do I just think anything that I don't understand is threatening to me? That's a common one. If you take the time, you can figure out tools. Uh, therapists can help you. Some, again, I'm not the biggest fan of traditional prescription medication, but it certainly has its place, and there are people who need to take it. I did take it for a time, so I can speak from personal experience. They, they're like a Band-Aid, for example, SSRIs, so that you can be calm to learn the skills that you need. But whatever tool you decide to figure out, whether it be a behavior, whether it be uh, an action, whether it be a hobby, whether it be a medication, whether it be um, something else, may, you need to work on it. And it's a long process so that you're not walking around orange. Because if you're orange all the time too much, you might be paranoid or anxious or depressed or something. And that's something you need to work on internally. Because if you don't, you might end up in red mentally. But of course, if there's an actual threat, you need to engage. You want to be in red. So let's move on to color code red. Awareness color code, the nervous system, and mental health, part five. Red, time to fight. Or is it just another mental breakdown? In the continuation of the series, Awareness Color Code, the nervous system and mental health, I will be discussing the fourth stage of the awareness color code, red, from both a practical and self-defense perspective, but also a nervous system and mental health perspective. See part 1, 2, 3, and 4 of the series. Red is the state in which you have moved into fight mode. You are either in a physical confrontation or your nervous system has activated the fight reflex in full based on mental stimuli. You may be on the offensive or defensive, depending on how you applied your self-defense strategies. Your nervous system is now redlining due to the increased heart rate, fully dilated pupils focused on the target, and a likely rush of adrenaline and a mix of other neurotransmitters designed to give you an increased chance.
for survival. This also is the point in your self-defense strategy where it is too late to run. Though even if you did run, as per the flight mechanism, your nervous system is still in red. It is also too late for de-escalation, and you will have either engaged in a preemptive strike, strike first, attack or misread the situation, or were too slow, and are now reacting to their attack. From a basic perspective, depending on your nervous system and behavioral patterns, along with experience, training, and the specifics of the scenario, your body is ready to fight whether you are or not. The more skilled and trained you are, the more you are able to control things like your breathing and reactions. If you are in great shape with great skills, though your heart rate will be up and your senses heightened, you should not be completely overwhelmed by the situation, as it is what you have trained for. Consequently, if you have not trained your skills and nervous system or are out of shape, you can easily be overwhelmed, ending up in the hospital or worse or you could have a complete nervous system meltdown, putting you in cold black. See next post. When it comes to physical self-defense, this is where all your training comes in. For Kramaga specifically, we do not just train the techniques and the body, but also the nervous system. Kramaga recognizes that violent encounters can be exceptionally overwhelming and started to work with training that stimulates or simulates the stress a nervous system might experience when under a real threat. While real threats are hard to simulate and unfortunately only come from the real experience, we can still mimic as close to real as possible, as if you get the nervous system stressed, it can create outcomes that will work in real life. This can be done as easily as stressing the nervous system to fatigue while training, and then help people learn to overcome the body's exhaustion and continue to fight through. This is similar to an adrenaline dump that can occur after an initial, initial burst of adrenaline, meaning once the adrenaline wears out, the body loses its power and speed, becoming tired and sluggish. Mimicking this in training trains not only just the nervous system, but the conscious mind to know you can fight through if you have to. Other ways of stressing the nervous system would be through sleep and food deprivation, though this is usually limited to military units for practical and legal reasons. Another way this simulation can be achieved is by doing scenario training, in which the defender isn't really sure what the attacker is going to do, forcing quick and stressful decision making even though it's just a drill. Remember, if it looks choreographed, it probably is meaning there is no shock to the nervous system. Though basic patterns can be followed in training, you still need randomness so that it creates the desired effect in the nervous system and makes the training more realistic overall. Let's pick the example of the knife-wielding individual again. This time, the knife-wielder locks their eyes on you and starts sprinting at you. It's do or die time. Either you ran because the threat was imminent or you were caught off guard and backed up against a wall. Now completely in red, you are going to have to fight long enough to get to safety. You must overwhelm their nervous system before you are seriously hurt or your nervous system is overwhelmed. Applying good technique, but more importantly Retsev, all while trying to cause pain off balance and disrupt their nervous system so that you can survive and get to safety. 
Remember, unless you're fighting an alien with different nervous system, the same thing that applies to your nervous system applies to the attackers. This is why understanding from the perspective of first principle how does the body work rather than just techniques is so important. Now let's take this example, but you are a uniformed police officer. Now the scenario unfolds differently than it does for the average civilian in many Western places because you are armed with non-lethal and lethal tools. Not only do you need to protect yourself, but your partner or partners and civilian as well. On top of this, as the knife wielder is charging you, you have to consider this delicate balance. Do too little and you fail to do your job. Do too much and your career could be over. All this while your nervous system is in red and your body is wanting to just survive and not think about legal or social consequences. From a pure, non-legal, non-social issues perspective, a person charging at a uniformed officer with a knife will get shot. However, from a legal or social issues perspective, it may not be such an easy decision. The bottom line is the ability to use unarmed combative techniques against armed assailant requires extensive, consistent training, which is not normal for most police forces in the West. See how difficult it is. Click the link. Fighting the assailant, fighting the law, fighting social media, fighting your nervous system. It's a tough job, and they do not get enough credit for it. However, with proper training and skill, any officer, even under duress, can make better decisions more often than not. Now, for the mental health perspective, remember that the whole thing, how your brain doesn't know the difference between real and perceived threat, this is where red comes in. If you perceive a threat that isn't an actual threat and your nervous system goes red and stays red for too long, this is where you will start to have a panic attack or nervous breakdowns. If your nervous system and other systems think that the person insulting you online is the same as the knife-wielding attacker, it will act exactly the same, even though there is no actual threat. Your ability to function optimally will decline, and you will be most likely start to see physical manifestations in the form of bad health, injury, etc. if your nervous system spends too much time in red. Consider this analogy. In cars, they have a tachometer, indicating how much RPM, revs per minute, revolutions per minute, the engine is running at. There is also the, quote, red line to indicate the RPM are too high. While you can be in the red line for a time, if you spend too much time there too often or keep it there for a continuous period, inevitably the car's engine will overheat, seize up, and stop working. That is because the engine is way too hot, reducing the effectiveness of the lubrication and increasing friction, and is unable to cool down enough to function. The same goes for your nervous system. If you run hot or in red too much, too often or too long, your nervous system, your body, and your mind will metaphorically seize and you will not be able to function properly. So consider this. If you are always anxious, always panicking, always feel attacked from everything, this is really just your nervous system thinking it is literally under attack. 
Once you can begin to understand your mental health and general health from the first principle stance, you can begin to hack it for your benefit so that you can become the most optimal version of yourself. It is not healthy to be anxious or in red all the time. It will only lead to poorer quality of life and blaming the world around you, although there's lots of complain about that needs to be fixed, is not going to fix your internal nervous system and reactions. Of course, it's complicated relationship between your behavioral patterns, which can be helped with things like CBT. This post is not specific therapeutic advice, as I am not an expert, just someone who has experience and has done the independent reading of primary sources. However, the more you understand the connection between mind, body, spirit, the more you can train yourself to be the optimal version of yourself. Consider training more Kramaga, BJJ, wrestling, boxing, kickboxing, so that you can train your body and nervous system to handle extreme states like red. Not only will you gain practical skills, but you will essentially learn to keep calm in tense situations, as this type of training is a form of exposure therapy. If your body and nervous system get used to it, high stress, by experiencing it in relative safety, you can learn to overcome the overwhelming feeling. While red is a necessary state for an actual fight, it can also be detrimental to your overall well-being. It is something, though, that you can learn to control through numerous methods, as if you are in an actual fight, you do want the enhances of senses and skills, but you want to remain in control and calm so that your system does not redline on you and overheat. If this does happen, it can lead to code black, which can be a total catastrophic situation and a state you do not want to be in. But that's for the next post, written by Jonathan Fader. For training online, visit www.utkmu.com. If you're in the Metro Vancouver area, come learn with us in person. Sign up at urbantacticskm.com. So red is fairly straightforward as far as self-defense. If you're punching, kicking, getting stabbed, you're in red. You need to fight now. You need to take the training of your Krav Maga or whatever style and you need to apply it and you need to survive. You are fighting. It is fairly straightforward. They have a knife. They do an ice pick attack. You need to defend 360 or whatever. And you deal with it. Cause pain off balance. Disrupt. Retsiv. Right? Mental color code red for the mind, for the mental health, is a little more complicated because this is the point where you're breaking down. If you're in red, I had this fight. They're going to get me. This person's going to get me. Oh, my God. Why did they say that? <clears throat> you're thinking there's a fight. Now, either if you go in red mentally because someone said something, you might then engage in a physical fight, which is inappropriate if it's just a silly comment. But if you're anxious, again, you're higher on the neurotic scale of the big five personality traits, then being in red is horrible. You're not going to do well. These, If you're someone who has a mental health issue and is in red, you know because you can't function very well. It'll be hard to keep a job. It'll be hard to have partners. <clears throat> because your mind is just fighting all the time. Internally, it's fighting, which will cause you to fight verbally or physically externally. So you need to know, I cannot be in a state. If you think everything is a fight, life is going to be miserable and horrible and hard. 
And then you might say, why does these things always happen to me? It's because you're running hot and you're potentially reacting in a way that causes other people to react in a way which then causes these fights. Or if you're an introvert by yourself and you're just sitting on the internet arguing with people on the internet all the time and you're like, why is life so horrible? This is always a fight. Why does it? Get out of red. From a physical perspective, you need to be in there because you need to really get that fight mechanism activated and you need to be on point. And the better you are and the more experienced you are at this, the calmer you can actually be even if your nervous system is still activating. So this is where I modified a bit from Jeff Cooper in that you can be red fighting. Your nervous system is doing red. It is activating the fight mechanism, but you could still be calm. It could even feel like a slow thing because of experience and other factors. Right? The more comfortable with you are with a physical fight or with engagement, the calmer you may actually be inside. It's not necessarily freaking out, but from a mental state. So if you're not used to physical fighting your mental state will definitely be in red and your nervous system will be in red and again if you're fighting with people online you'll be in red even though you shouldn't be if you find yourself staring at the screen by the way getting angry too much it's time to walk away for a little while and do something else but just know like as i mentioned cars you cannot redline forever this is where burnout happens if you're in red all the time and you constantly have breakdowns and burnouts time to make some serious serious changes in your lifestyle whatever that may be for you but you one thing i always like to emphasize you need to figure out why if it's related to a traumatic event you're gonna have to deal with that if it's related to your environment maybe you're just in a home that's hot tempered all the time well if you're old enough and capable enough maybe time to move because you're good luck changing those other people um and if you really care about them say a spouse that they're running hot or you're running hot, it's time to work on it together to improve your relationship. There are many ways you can go about that, but you both parties have to want to in that case, of course. But you can't be there. You just can't. You need to learn not to be in red on a day-to-day basis. It will not lead to a happy, healthy life, and potentially it will lead to the next color code, black. Awareness Color Code, the Nervous System and Mental Health, Part 6, Black, Catastrophically Overwhelmed. In the continuation of the series Awareness Color Code, the Nervous System and Mental Health, I will be discussing the final stage of the Awareness Color Code, Black, from both a practical self-defense perspective, but also a nervous system and mental health perspective. See Part 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Black is the state where your brain is not doing what it is supposed to be doing. Instead of activating the fight or flight mechanism, your body is overwhelmed by stimulus, neurotransmitter, or sheer terror, and it does something which is not useful. Nothing. This could simply be freezing in terror, or it could mean you fully pass out. Another form of black is where you completely black out mentally, but still function. Though this is the best of all black scenarios, it is still not great. Stage black was not in the original system popularized by Jeff Cooper, but was added by the U.S. Marine Corps as they noticed that some individuals simply froze under pressure. This is also the point in self-defense strategy where, regardless of how much time and dedication you have committed to the techniques, 
your training doesn't work as you are unable to properly function. You failed to prepare your body and nervous system prior to a traumatic event or violent occurrence and it is simply overwhelmed. The messed up thing about black is that some people due to a variety of factors from nature to nurture will be more prone to black than others while some may never experience it at all. Some events may cause you to go black while others do not. Unfortunately, the really messed up part is that the only way to know what will trigger your black, if you have one, is to experience something terrible. For some, going black may not even have anything to do with violence. It may simply be a social situation or survival situation which causes the nervous system to panic, freeze, or otherwise act in a way that is not very conducive to appropriate function in the situation. Have you ever heard of the strategy called playing possum? That is, playing dead so that the attacker moves on. This is the strategy the opossum instinctively employs when facing with overwhelming threats. Except, it turns out, according to modern research, it's not actually a clever strategy, but rather one hardwired due to the fact that the nervous system of these North American marsupials are primal enough that their conscious mind cannot process the stress, so they simply pass out due to a completely overwhelmed nervous system. Fortunately for the opossum, many predators like to eat live things, due to the instinct to avoid potentially rotten or diseased meat, so if they think an opossum is dead, they won't eat it, hence the assumption it was a clever strategy. This is exactly what Krav Maga training is designed to combat. Train the nervous system to as close as being overwhelmed as it can so that your system learns how to handle it. Do it often enough and you may even numb your system so that you can have true mastery in the face of fear or threats. This actually ties into learning theory. Though there are many models, I am going to use the four stages, one on the path to the 10,000 hours to mastery. Though it should be noted, it's about quality iterations, not the hours. 1. Unconscious Incompetent 2. Conscious Incompetent 3. Conscious Competent 4. Unconscious Competent In black, your body, mind, spirit, nervous system is essentially overwhelmed, so it moves to stage 1. You become the same as someone who knows nothing. John Snow, and can't perform. Through extensive technical and aggressive training in Krav Maga fashion, you train all aspects. Slowly, through fatigue, pressure, and stressful stimulus, your conscious and unconscious move toward the latter stages, where you can stay calm while performing properly. For some, this will come relatively easily. For others, it will take a lifetime. But the more you can train your entire system to handle and manage stress, the less likely you will be overcome by black. As has been mentioned many times, this is essentially exposure therapy. You slowly add increasing doses of stimulus in order to get used to it, so that which once was overwhelming becomes merely stressful. Often those with violence-related trauma may have a difficult time training with contact, but if they want to overcome this, they will need to slowly and steadily work towards increasing stimulus and stress. More therapists really should work with self-defense experts to help with this, but for a variety of reasons, they often simply tell their clients to stop training instead of learning and growing. It is very unfortunate.
back to the knife wielding individual again. The knife wielder has charged you. Unfortunately, you grew up in Vancouver, which no matter what anyone tells you is super safe. Not only that, you grew up with helicopter parent who never let you experience adversity. Most millennials today. You see the knife wielder, you panic, start hyperventilating and freeze. You get stabbed, you die. See how that can be detrimental under stress? Or you pass out and are lucky that the attacker decides to leave you in favor of the next available target because they don't want to bend down. Now, let's take this same example, but you're a uniformed police officer. Sadly, you can actually see videos of this kind of thing all over YouTube. The officer misread the situation and was not prepared as they were too new or too relaxed or a variety of other factors. A weapon is drawn by an assailant and the officer pauses or has their hand on the firearm but fails to draw or simply doesn't act properly because they don't know what to do due to lack of training or experience. They get stabbed or shot or someone else gets stabbed or shot as a result. This is why repetition is so important so that basic actions become automated. But you also require regular contextual training so that stupid mistakes aren't made, as can be seen in the recent, recent case of Duante Wright, when one of the arresting officers thought it was her taser, but was so stressed out by her situation that she didn't even look or feel that it was a gun in her hand and shot him instead of tasing him. Clearly, her automatic response kicked in by shouting, Taser, Taser, Taser! to warn the other officers to stand clear, but not to be aware that it wasn't her taser, which indicates she was overwhelmed by the situation and that her training actually wasn't very effective for such a stressful situation. This is clear to any of us use of force or training experts, as she only shot once and was in complete shock that it was a gunshot and not a taser sign. This second situation is very much black, as it is an example of where there is a lack or lessening of conscious control when overwhelmed. A less tragic but still very possible scenario is the scene from the cartoon series Archer. In this scene, Archer's butler, Woodhouse, is recalling a time during World War I where his implied love interest died and he went on a rampage, killing many, many Germans, though he doesn't remember doing it. This is black because something so traumatic has happened to the person, they black out black it out and simply act on autopilot. In the recalled scenario it turned out for the good as he was a soldier at war. In other situations autopilot might not serve you well as you may simply be against overwhelming odds and are now unable to make smart conscious thought. However in a more real world comparison World War I was where the concept of being shell-shocked came from. This was the earliest version of what we now call post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, except almost more extreme. Imagine growing up in a peaceful farming village only to be thrown into the muddy trenches in a war so big, so violent, so different, and overwhelming, it was unlike anything seen before, dubbed the war to all end, up, end all wars. For many, this experience was unlike anything the nervous system could comprehend and simply fried the individual's brain as their black was just too much. Thus, the world was introduced to the term shell-shocked. Let's talk about mental health. 
if it wasn't already obvious from the above, going black is usually quite traumatic and may result in PTSD. That is, assuming the situation did not kill you. This is, again, a feeling of being so overwhelmed in the moment you cannot act, cannot make a decision, and you simply do nothing or spiral into an emotionally wrecked ball of fear and negative thoughts. If you are prone to anxiety and depression, or depression, or other mental health issues, and you lose control of your thoughts, you can actually put yourself into black, where you are not really doing much of anything. Again, this may not be your fault, as it is due to biochemistry and a lack of coping skills. However, assuming you don't like being in such a state, it is up to you and nobody else to find a way to fix it. In general, though, it is about learning to calm your nervous system and thoughts, learning to recognize the signs well in advance that you are going to be overwhelmed, then communicating it to yourself and to others and implementing the tools you have found to be useful, whether that is therapy, breathing, exercise, or other methods that you have found to help that are not unsafe for you physically or mentally. Remember, any tool you use must be beneficial to you and not detrimental to you or others. While self-medicating can be helpful if done correctly, proper research and consultation with medical professionals is highly recommended, it can also lead you to addiction or worse situations, so be careful. Regardless of in literal physical self-defense, tense social situations, or threats real or imagined, black is not a place anyone wants to be. While the other stages, like orange and red, are useful and even needed at times so long as you don't stay there too long, black is essentially a catastrophic failure condition. It is not a place to be and is something you should train to avoid at all costs. If you find yourself failing to perform under duress or constantly feeling overwhelmed, you need to ask yourself, am I slowly spiraling into black and a bad mental state? Knowledge is power, and it is also half the battle. You must educate yourself not just on what you are being told externally, but also on how your own body and mind feel and what is good for you. This in itself is a hard skill to learn for many, but is a must if you want to have a happier, healthier life. Don't just jump on trends, but apply first principles to ensure you really understand yourself in all ways so that you can teach yourself the skills or give yourself the tools to stay happy, healthy, and avoid black, all while managing your physical and mental safety. Remember, Kramaga has one goal and one goal only, to help you to learn to walk in peace. I hope this series has helped you bridge the gap between using the color code in self-defense situations and in your mental health journey. The mental color code is not your physical strategy, but simply a reminder in what state your mind and nervous system is in. Some of it is automatic some is not. The more you can be in tune with your body and the more you channel your inner Benny Gesserit, the more control you will have overall. And this, my friends, will lead you to a better life for you, period. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. 
I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Benny Gesserit, Litany Against Fear, Dune, Frank Herbert, 1965. Written by Jonathan Fader. For training online, visit www.utkmu.com. If you are in the Metro Vancouver area, come learn with us in person. Sign up at urbantacticskm.com. Click on the support this blog to support this blog and our other online content. This is one of the more interesting ones, by the way. And uh, just a reminder, uh, props to the editor. This is a hilarious lion photo that just is wet, getting just completely destroyed. It's hard to tell exactly, but it's a funny photo. Go look at the blogs themselves. Check out these hilarious photos. So black is interesting because you can still fight and succeed in black. But after that, you're like, I don't, I don't remember anything. Your body just goes into such a state of terror and just reacts. It just blocks the memory from the, from you. The example being, you know, sort of the archer. Uh, Jif, I put there with uh, Woodhouse killing a bunch of Germans during World War One because his love interest died and he doesn't remember killing all these Germans. So it can be useful, but that's where you need to be high competency, right? I discussed the unconscious and competent, conscious and competent, 10,000 hours to mastery sort of thing. If you're high, high skill level uh, and you're a capable person, you could still go black and still survive because your body knows what to do. You're sort of in the unconscious, competent of combat. But your mind was in a different place and decided to protect yourself. So you're black because you don't remember. You're not in full control. You've lost the prefrontal cortex is not controlling things. And you're not consciously making decisions. Or black could be freeze, catastrophic freeze. As in you just freeze, you get stabbed. You're panicked. You went from white because you're not paying attention to oh shit, to black. I don't know what to do. You're not doing anything. This is the stage we really, 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 really want to avoid for physical self-defense because if you don't remember, it can be hard to defend yourself. If you don't get a good psyche valve saying, yeah, they probably had a psychotic break or they did this and they don't remember, therefore it's fine. So you need that for good legal defense. And of course, you need it for your life. If you go black and can't defend yourself, well, you may be hooped as the saying goes. So through exposure... Training, such as doing Krav Maga, you can train your nervous system not to get overwhelmed by threats or violent stimulus. It's done in a safe, relatively safe manner. It's still martial arts, still self-defense training, so that you can control yourself and retake control. Because if you start, even like I've had situations where I'm caught completely off guard by someone's behavior. I'm in white, and then I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then I just have to take a breath and be like, okay, I need to calm down. And I prevent myself from going into this. Because I realize I need to make a smart, confident decision. Uh, one situation I remember, someone in my life was had anger problems. They, Who knows if they resolved it. They're not in my life. I don't need that. And uh, they were screwing something up. They'd come in hot. They were, I, there were tasks they needed to do which required some focus and some standard. And they were just completely screwing things up, weren't doing things properly. And I said, listen, are you okay? Like, this is not how 
you're supposed to do it. Like, can you, are you okay? Should I do it for you? Like, and then it went and it just escalated. Like, man, you got to stop doing that. And then they didn't like that. They were pissed off about something else prior to coming. Showed up hot. And I guess I said one too many times, like, listen, you're not doing it right. And this is affecting other people now. And they just got in my face. And I was so caught off guard about it. And my hands were down. And I'm like, oh, what the heck? Now, I should have been in yellow at least, but I wasn't. But they got in my face. And I realized, because like, I did not expecting that level of aggression. And I had to calm down and be like, oh. And I had to put my hands up in semi-passive stance. Meanwhile, the other person was not remembering their self-defense training. Had let their emotions completely overwhelm themselves. Hands down, chest forward. And I had to calm myself down, preventing myself from going into black or to a fight right away. And we managed to calm the situation down. There was someone else there as well who stepped in, which was helpful. Who knows what would happen? But still, I basically calmed down, told the person, you need to get out of here now. You need to leave. This is where you're done here. <clears throat> and I had to take over the, the situation. But you know, if you're caught off guard with that, you can be completely overwhelmed, panic. And then lose complete control of the situation, which is where you don't want to go, right? And I very much love the Bene Gesserit, I must not fear, the fear against litany. It is a little mantra to remind yourself that you can control your fear. It's not that you should not have fear or forget your fear, but rather you can control your fear. Is this something that is actually going to kill me? Or is this just something that I think is going to kill me? It's an important distinction. And the inability of people is, uh, to tell that distinction in this modern world potentially is why there's more anxiety or depression. It could also be because we're measuring it and paying attention to it, and it was always there, but we'll never really know that. But now that we're starting to understand the human condition a lot more, you need to really know, is this thing actually going to kill me or is this perceptually? If you're watching uh, the bad news every day, your life is going to be very stressful. You need to take some breaks sometimes. If the society is not going in the direction that you like, you do also need to pay attention but take some breaks sometimes. Make your plans to exit your location, your country, if you don't like the way it's going. But if you're just stressed out all the time, constantly... It means you waited too long to get out of said country or you just are not going to make smart decisions. So do not fear, or rather fear, but do not let it overwhelm you because I must not fear. It is the mind killer, as the saying goes. Black is a very problematic mental color code state, both in practical self-defense and in daily life. So you want to avoid it. I hope that this series has helped you understand both situational awareness or the fourth stage of self-defense, but also the color code and how it can be used, as Sebastian said, operationally for your mental state and your physical strategies, being aware, or as they say, mindful of how you are internally. It's time to calm down. It's time to be more alert. Am I in the right state? Learning to control your mental state both for physical, practical self-defense and mental self-defense in your day-to-day -day life, will give you a far more fulfilling life, a far more productive life, and a more efficient life mentally and physically.
I hope this series has been useful to you. And thanks for listening to this blog. If you'd like to support this blog, again, you can go to utcamblog.com forward slash support us. Donate so that we can spend more time on content. Follow us on Instagram, Urban Tactics Kramaga, Twitter, Urban Tactics Cam, and Facebook, Urban Tactics Kramaga. And if you want to uh, learn some Kramaga or how we teach it, you can go to utkmu.com and sign up for a training, uh, a beginner or novice package. I hope you enjoy your day, and remember, do not let your fear control you. You're listening to The Warrior's Day. Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Turning lambs into lions.